Well, today we're concluding our series entitled The Third Person, where we learn a little bit more about the third person of God, who is the Holy Spirit. We as believers believe in one God who's revealed in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, who's Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit. And we're here to lean in to learn a little bit more about who the Holy Spirit is and how he wants to function in, in our life. And today I wanna lean in specifically into the power of the Holy Spirit. For you see, God the Father has the plan and the purpose of God in his, per, in his portfolio. Jesus is the one who has the authority. The Bible tells us that all authority was given unto him by the Father after he died on the cross and he resurrected. And then God the Holy Spirit is the one who provides power, spiritual power to our lives. And I want us to lean in to who the Holy Spirit is today because I believe that he wants to empower you for life. In fact, I've titled today's message, The Spirit-Empowered Life. I wanna invite you to say it with me, The Spirit-Empowered Life. The Holy Spirit wants to come alongside us and give us the power we need for life. And the truth is, we need power. We desperately need the power of God every day in fact, every moment of every day. Why? Because everything in life is coming at us from all sides. On the personal level, on the social level, on the spiritual level. And the truth is, is that we are finite in our capacity, but God is infinite in his ability. And he wants to provide his power to us today. You don't have to wait till tomorrow or next week or next year to receive the power of God. You can receive it today, because I know some of you, you're facing some challenges even today or this upcoming week that you've been wondering, you've been losing sleep over. How am I going to make that happen? How am I going to know exactly what to do? I'm here to tell you that the Holy Spirit is going to give you the power, say power, the power that you need. As I said, everything is coming at us at all sides on the personal level. On the personal level, we need God's power. Why? Because everyone works every day. Whether you're a CEO or you're a manager or you work at Whataburger or you're a stay-at-home mom, you are working every day. Single, single parents, you're working double time. Stay-at-home moms, people may not think that you're working, but you're working, right? And all the women said amen to that. Everything's coming at us all the time. You're waking up early, going to bed late. You're running the kids to school and bringing them home. You're running them to practice, then you're feeding them, and then you're feeding them again, and you're feeding them again, and you're having them clean the house, and then you're having to remind them to clean their room, and it's work and work and work. And then sometimes, if you're really honest, you just wake up tired. You know it's true. You wake up tired. Right at the beginning of the day, you're already worn out. And then if it just so happens that you sleep eight to 10 hours, you're like, great. And then you turn to get out of bed and oh, you suddenly tweak your back and now you're injured for three weeks. <laughs> People say 40 is the new 30. I'm here to tell you that's not true at all. There are aches and pains that I have now that I didn't have when I was 30. Everything in life is conspiring to wear you out. 
Then on the social side, many of us, we look to social media and we see people who look perfect on Instagram, TikTok, or whatever is your preferred social media network. I wanna encourage you, don't try to pursue an Instagram or Pinterest perfect life. If you try to do that, it'll kill you. What many of us, we forget is that people on social media, they have a whole team that is dedicated to making them look perfect. They have people who drive them wherever they need to go. They have a dietitian, a, pers a personal chef. They have a workout coach. They have the time to work out. They have a nanny for the kids and they have a whole media squad that makes them look picture perfect. Don't try to compete with them. They're not even real. I don't know if you know this, but on social media, they airbrush photos. They don't even look like that. Imagine just the, the confusion in their own life when they see this fantastic picture and then they look in the mirror and say, I don't even look like that. It's all fabricated. It's all fabricated by the world to make us want what we can never really have. And then on the spiritual side, the enemy... He is actually conspiring to take you out. The word of God tells us that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He comes to take you out. But if he can't get you to stop believing in Jesus, his whole goal is to render you ineffective and powerless. He wants you to stay on the sidelines of faith and not get in the game. I just believe God is not wanting us to just stay stagnant and stuck, but he's trying to mobilize us into a spiritual army who are willing to fight against hell and the devil. For you see, Satan and the hordes of hell are coming after us and after our kids, and we need to rise up as spiritual believers and say, not here, not now, not on my watch. I'm gonna allow God to empower me through his Holy Spirit. Jesus said in Matthew 28, 18, he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Then he said, now go. Go out and preach the gospel. Go out and make disciples. Go out and heal the sick. Go out and, and cast out demons and those who are demon possessed. Go out and conquer the land in the authority that I've given to you. Just like a police officer, they have a badge and they have a weapon they have the authority that's been conveyed to them. In the same way, we as believers, we've been clothed in righteousness by Jesus Christ and we have the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And God wants us to discover that we are empowered through his Holy Spirit and we have all authority because of what Jesus did on the cross. And I'm here to encourage someone to say, you don't have to fight this battle alone. For you see, when you step out in the authority that Jesus provides and you step out in the empowerment that the Holy Spirit provides, you're able to fulfill the will of the Father and you're able to conquer everything that comes against you spiritually. I wanna encourage you to crave right now in your heart the empowerment that comes from the Holy Spirit. We must be willing, we must be willing to say, Holy Spirit, I'm wanting you to work in my life. Today, I want to invite you to join me in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 1, we're going to look at verses 4 and 5, and then verses 8 and 14. 
Let me tell you a little bit about the book of Acts. It was written by a guy by the name of Luke. Luke is the same guy that wrote the book of Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He was a friend and a follower of Jesus. And he was also a friend and a colleague of the apostle Paul. Paul was a first century follower of Jesus. And Luke came alongside Paul in the later years of his life to help him out. Paul had a lot of health issues and Luke was there able to help him. But another thing that Luke did is he was able to write letters on Paul's behalf because Paul, he, was, he had bad eyesight towards the end of his life. And so what Paul would do is he would dictate letters to Luke and Luke would write them down and send them out. And you may be wondering, why is the book of Acts called the book of Acts? Well, I'm glad you're asking that question because a better title for this book would be the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the Apostles. The Acts of the Holy Spirit through the Apostles. The Acts of the Holy Spirit through the Apostles. And the Apostles were people that God sent out to preach the good news that Jesus died and rose again and gave spiritual new life and eternal life to people. And we look at church history, the Apostles were the 11 disciples who stayed faithful to Jesus and Paul. They were the apostles. So with that in mind, I want to invite you once again, Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. Let's read and learn about how we can live the spirit-empowered life. On one occasion, he, Jesus Christ, gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised. Say wait. Which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water... But in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Jesus, when he's speaking here, he's speaking of John the Baptist. John the Baptist baptized with water. John the Baptist was the cousin of Jesus. But he's saying in a couple days, you'll receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, the word for baptism in the Bible is the word for immersion, full immersion. It's kind of like what your kids do when you go to the pool and they cannonball all the way into the deep end of the pool and then they float to the top and they say, help me, help me, it's too deep. It's full immersion. That's what baptism is. So what is Jesus speaking about? He's saying, if you're willing to go all in with God, let him fully immerse you. Go all the way in with the Holy Spirit. Allow him to cover you. But we know spiritually that the baptism of the Holy Spirit, a better way to understand it is the infilling of the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? It means that when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, he not only wants to cover us with his presence, but he wants to fill us from the inside out. He wants to fill us to overflowing. He wants to fill us so that we have the capacity that we need. We're at 100%, just like we charge our phone all the way to 100% but then he overflows in us so that the presence of God not only blesses us, but it blesses the people around us. He wants the spirit of God to overflow in us so it can bless other people. There's people in your sphere of influence who need to be blessed. They need to sense the presence of God, that difficult coworker, that, that person in your life who's constantly bugging you, that person that you send a voicemail when they call you. We know it's true. Those people need to be loved by Jesus and the Holy Spirit's there to help us. But then it goes on, Jesus says in Acts 1 verse 8, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Say power. 
And then watch the response of the first followers of Jesus in verse 14. It says this. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. I'm here to share with you today that the Holy Spirit wants to give you his power so that you can live an effective life. And we must allow him to work within us. We must allow him to empower us. And so today I want to share with you a few steps you can take to experience the Spirit-empowered life. The first one is to pray. Say pray. We pray because it activates God's power. It says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And their response was they prayed constantly. They prayed constantly as they waited for the Holy Spirit to come upon them. Here's what I've learned. The Holy Spirit has dynamic, supernatural power, and he wants to give that power to you today. But in order for us to receive the power of the Holy Spirit, we must qualify ourselves for the power of the Holy Spirit. And we do that two ways. Number one, by allowing, the, allowing Jesus to be our Lord and Savior and saying, I need you, Jesus, to be in charge of my life. And number two, by welcoming the Holy Spirit in our life. We cannot get the power of the Holy Spirit unless we welcome the Holy Spirit. And we cannot receive the Holy Spirit unless we say yes to Jesus. That's the order. Say yes to Jesus, let him be the Lord of your life, then welcome the Holy Spirit, and then you'll receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And so today, I wanna to encourage you to crave that in your own heart, to pray that God will provide that to you. In fact, at the end of the service, we're gonna do two things. Number one, we're gonna give you the opportunity to say yes to Jesus. And then secondly, as a church, we're gonna be like those first 120 believers in the upper room who were constantly in prayer. In fact, in fact, what we're gonna do right now is we're gonna pray and we're gonna ask Jesus to be present in our midst. And we're gonna ask him to bring the Holy Spirit. Let's pray right now. Jesus, we just invite you in. We invite you into this place, but more importantly, we invite you into our hearts. We wanna sense the authority that you bring with you. Many of us came in with worries and concerns and struggles, things that seem too big for us to handle, but all authority was given to you and you're wanting to convey that authority onto us. And we ask Lord Jesus that you would bring the Holy Spirit with you and that you'd make your Holy Spirit known and available to us today. We open our hearts to you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. We're praying just like these first followers of Jesus. I want to tell you a little bit about the power that comes from the Holy Spirit. This word for power in the original language, which was Greek, is the word dynamis. And from that word, we get two words in the English language, dynamic and dynamite. Dynamic and dynamite, dynamic and dynamite. And this speaks of what the power of the Holy Spirit is. It is a dynamic power that can adjust to the challenges of life, but also it is dynamite. It has that explosive strength and it can change our lives. Just like dynamite can change the landscape of a, of a mountain or a, of an area in the same way the Holy Spirit's dynamite power can change our life and our future in an instant. But we must be willing to welcome that power in. In fact, the power of the Holy Spirit provides 
In fact, the power that the Holy Spirit provides is the same power and energy that was present at creation. I don't know if you've noticed this, but in Genesis 1, verse 2, it says this, that the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. This word hovering in the original language has a couple of meanings. The first one may surprise you. The word hovering in the original language means hovering. It actually means hovering. Just like a hummingbird can hover over an area, the Holy Spirit wants to hover over us. He just doesn't want to come and go. He wants to be over us, to protect us, to guard us. But also, in the same way that a hummingbird can move from this place to this place, sometimes when the Holy Spirit moves, he wants us to move with him. He wants us to move with him. And that's the second meaning of the word hovering in the original language. It refers to movement, specifically the movement of the Holy Spirit. For you see, when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, sometimes what happens is he creates a flutter, a move, a tremble, or a shake. A flutter, a move, a tremble, or a shake. That's what this word hovering means. It means the oscillation and the movement of the Holy Spirit. And this is what the Holy Spirit seeks to do within us. He seeks to hover over us, but then he seeks to move within us. And what happens is that when we allow the Holy Spirit in, he begins to move in our spirit being. And then the ripples of that power then move to our soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions. And the Holy Spirit has the ability to change how we think and how we feel and what we desire because it moves in our mind, our will, and our emotions. And I just want to encourage you to allow the Holy Spirit to come in so that he can change how you think and how you feel and what you desire. That's the desire of the Holy Spirit. He wants to move within us, not only in our spirit, in our soul, but also in our body. This is why there are moments when we're praying and we feel like our body is moving. That's the movement of the Holy Spirit because he impacts all of who we are, our spirit man, our soul, and our body as well. And I'm here to tell you this in advance. Why? Because in just a moment, in just a moment, we're gonna pursue the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I'm believing that the Holy Spirit's gonna hover over you, but he's also gonna fill you from the inside out. And some of you, you're gonna feel like there's a vibration that is happening in your body. I'm here to reassure you, that's the movement of the Holy Spirit. In fact, he wants to come in and he wants to move in your life. And so today, we just need to allow him to move in and allow him to stir in us and, and create movement. Are you willing? Are you willing to let him move in you? We must be willing to allow him to move in us. That's why he was sent to us. When Jesus died and rose again, he said, it's good for me to go so that I can send to you the Holy Spirit. And the benefit of having the Holy Spirit is he can be with all of us all at the same time. So let's lean into the presence of God and let him hover over us. <clears throat> what I also like about verse 14 is the fact that it tells us that the power of the Holy Spirit is available for all people. Now in this culture, in this culture, women were second-class citizens. But I want you to notice what God does. There's 120 in the upper room and it says this, they join together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and with his brothers. After the resurrection, the death and resurrection of Jesus, even Mary, 
who's the mother of Jesus, that the biological mother of Jesus and the half-brothers of Jesus were convinced that Jesus was the Messiah. I think some of the brothers, when they were growing up, they're like, who's this guy? And I think they're a little skeptical for some time about whether the brother that they grew up with was actually the Messiah. But when Jesus died and rose again and appeared to them, they said, wow, this guy really is the Messiah. And they put their faith and hope in Jesus. I want us to realize that the power of the Holy Spirit is available for all of us. No matter how old or young we are, it's available to everyone. And we can all receive the power of the Holy Spirit. The only criteria is us to believe in Jesus and for us to welcome the Holy Spirit. But we must be willing to pray. That's our response. That's our action step. When we provide the prayer, the Holy Spirit provides the power. When we provide the prayer, the Holy Spirit provides the power. And that's what he wants to bring to you. Several years ago when we had Snowvid in February, we learned what it was like to be without power and that was really hard. Some of us are in a spiritual Snowvid. We don't have the power we need for the challenges we're facing and the Holy Spirit's saying, you don't have to do this alone. I can provide to you my power, which never runs out, which will always help you in every situation. And he's wanting to come alongside you to help you move forward. I don't want you to be ineffective and powerless in your walk of faith. God didn't create us to just be weekend warriors and then walk into our regular everyday life and not have the power. He wants us to be in active duty, always available, always available to the king to say, king, where do you want us to go? And what do you need us to do? And we're available to fight for you and to fight for the next generation and to fight for the faith future of people who don't know Jesus yet. We need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And if that doesn't get us excited, I don't know what will. We need to allow the power of the Holy Spirit to rise up within us. Here's the next step to experience the Spirit-empowered life. Let the Holy Spirit overflow in you. Let the Holy Spirit overflow in you. In the next chapter, Acts 2, verse 4, it says this. After they had all been gathered in the upper room, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Here's what this verse is telling us. When we're filled spiritually to overflowing, what happens is that God gives us a heavenly language. God wants to overflow in us. Just like, just like your kids when, you, when they're little and you give them some milk to pour into a cup and they overfill it and it overflows and it creates a mess. In the same way, that's what God wants to do. He wants to fill our cup to overflowing. He wants to fill us with his presence. He wants us to give us, give us exactly what we need. Today, I wanna to talk about praying in a heavenly language. It's not English, it's not Spanish, it's not a known language that you know, but it's a language that, that the Holy Spirit can provide to you. And here are four reasons to desire a heavenly language. Number one, praying in a heavenly language is a promised gift from the Holy Spirit to everyone who believes in Jesus as their Lord and Savior. It's promised in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This spiritual gift is available to you. Whether you choose to receive it or not, it is constantly available to you. 
Number two, praying in a heavenly language allows us to pray prayers that God will answer. Why? Because when we pray in the spirit, what happens is the Holy Spirit prays through us. When we pray in English or in a language we know, we often pray from our soul and not our spirit. And what happens sometimes in our soul is we pray prayers that are selfish prayers, prayers that don't align with the will of God. But when we allow the Holy Spirit, we surrender to the Holy Spirit, what happens is the Holy Spirit prays through us. And because we're praying in the Spirit, we're praying prayers that are in alignment with God's will. And whenever we pray in the Spirit, what happens is the Holy Spirit prays prayers that God says, yes, I can answer that prayer. 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 Some of us are not having breakthrough in our prayer life because we're praying from our soul when we need to really be praying from our spirit. The third reason to desire a heavenly language is praying in heavenly language is a way for us to unburden our hearts to God. You know, sometimes, sometimes the burdens we're carrying are too heavy. It's just too much. Sometimes what ends up happening is we end up praying in the language of tears and sorrow. But the good news is, is that when we pray in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. He prays for us. Romans 8.26 tells us that the Spirit helps us in our weakness. It says sometimes we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Have you ever felt a burden that you don't understand? Sometimes God puts the burden on the heart of a believer, not so that we can carry it, but so that we can feel it and so that we can then share it with God. The next verse, verse 27, says this, that the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Say will, with the will of God. And fourth and finally, praying in a heavenly language allows us to pray spiritually encrypted prayers. When we pray in the Spirit, here's what happens. We pray prayers that the devil cannot understand. When we pray in English and in Spanish or some other language, the enemy knows and he's able to attack us in that place. But when we pray in the spirit, it's a direct line to God. I don't know about you, but there are certain burdens in my heart that I don't want the enemy to know about. And praying in the spirit allows me to share my heart with God. And this is a gift he wants to give to you. He wants to give you the gift of his presence. He wants to give you the gift of his power. He wants to give the, you the gift of praying in a heavenly language. And I pray that your heart would yearn for that because the Holy Spirit wants to give it to you. He wants to entrust that to you. And I pray that you would crave it today. So as I close, I wanna invite you to stand. We're stepping into a moment where we're gonna really allow God to work in our life. First thing I want to do today is I want to give us an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. 
Here at Westover, we believe that saying yes to Jesus is as clear as ABC. A, admitting that we need Jesus, because we all do. We need Jesus in our life. We need the authority of God in our life. The enemy wants to take us out, but greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. And he didn't leave us as orphans. He provided us the Holy Spirit to be with us and to commune with us and to be close to us. A, it's admitting we need Jesus. It's B, believing that he died on the cross to pay the debt of sin we owe to God and to give us eternal life and give us freedom and hope for today. And C, confessing from our heart with our mouth out loud that we want him to be in charge of our life. And I wanna give you that opportunity today. I wanna invite everyone to bow their head and close their eyes front to back, side to side, no one looking. I wanna give you a private audience with the Lord. I believe that God's moving right now. I believe that Jesus is speaking to hearts. Some of you are feeling a tug on the inside and you don't understand what that is. I'm not creating that. That's Jesus tugging on your heart saying, I want relationship with you. I want you to know me. I want you to know that I'm real. I want you to know that I can solve the problems you're facing. He wants to step in. But here's what you learn about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They're all respectful. They won't force themselves into your life. They have to be welcomed in. And if you're at a place where you know you need Jesus in your life, you know about Jesus, but you don't know him personally, I wanna give you that opportunity today. And if you want to say yes to Jesus on the count of three, I want to invite you to raise your hand. You're not joining this church as a member. What you're doing is you're saying, I wanna be in relationship with Jesus. Here it is, one, two, three. Yes, 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 hands going up. Keep them up high, keep them up high. Keep them up high. Here's what you're doing, you're saying yes to Jesus. Here's what I wanna invite you to do. Those of you who raised your hand, I want you to say this prayer out loud and for everyone's benefit, we're all gonna say this prayer from our heart. Say, Jesus, I need you today. Thank you for saving me. And today, I put you in charge of my life. You're in charge of everything. Help me lay down everything that gets in the way of you. And let me put you in charge forever. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. If you just said that prayer for the first time, now you have a relationship with Jesus to help you in your walk of faith. Here's a couple things I'd like to invite you to do. Number one, text New Life to the number on the screen. You can just pull out your phone and take a photo of it. Number two, attend Faith Essentials where you can get the questions of faith that you have answered. And also consider attending Knowing Jesus where you can really meet Jesus in the word of God. But right now, here's what we're gonna do as a church. We're gonna create an environment where the Holy Spirit can move. And as the worship team just leads us in a, in a chorus for a moment, we're gonna create a moment of worship. So I wanna invite you to raise your hands. We believe in raising our hands, why? Because we believe that when we raise our hands, we're creating space. We're, we're letting God know that there's an openness in our heart to receive him. Sometimes physical movement in the natural creates spiritual movement in the supernatural. 
We're saying, God, we're wa- we'll welcome you. So let's just worship for a moment. Let's worship for a moment.